Good morning, George. Morning, Charlie. How are you doing? I am doing very well. I've got to say, I'm feeling very refreshed and energised this morning because it is just a regular temperature. Yes, it has been (laughs) hot this week, hasn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's been really hot. I don't know, even even having the windows open, there's not really been much of a draft through. It's just been, yeah, very hot. Um, struggling to sleep as well. Mm, I think that's why I'm feeling so bubbly today, because I had a slightly better night's sleep last night. Mm, good, I'm yeah. I'm very grateful for it. Have you, have, you done, have you used the cold water bottle technique, um, which we've been doing, which is taking your, your normal hot water bottle, filling it with water and putting it in the freezer um, a couple of hours before bed. And then you take it to bed with you and you've got a nice cool little little thing to cuddle to <laughs> to keep you cool in bed. <laughs> George, that's a genius. Do you that's amazing. Do you have like a do you put a cover around it? Mm, yeah, got yeah, yeah, put the cover around and it's still, you know, the cold kind of you know, it protrudes cold in some way. <laughs> um, but it doesn't sort of accidentally freeze your skin or make No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So put still use the use the use a, a, a cover that you would do for a normal hot water bottle um but yeah no it's it's been great it stays cool all night long wow george's tips everyone feel free to use that one everybody (laughs) (laughs) hello everybody we haven't said hello to everybody oh yes we haven't said hello hello everyone and welcome to archers and tea this is the podcast where george and i discuss the latest episodes of the archers um, normally we'd be meeting up face to face and having a chat and a cup of tea and a biscuit, but during these same strange times, uh, we've not been able to. So we record our conversations and then we publish them for you to all listen to. It's an opportunity for you to make yourself a cup of tea, sit down, relax. And what you could do, if you're like me, is make yourself a cup of tea and also bake yourself some cookies. Because um, I've got myself a cookie <laughs> um, for, for recording uh, today. A homemade cookie. Home baked cookie. Yeah, I um I saw a friend of mine from school had posted a photo of her cookies that she'd baked on the Instagram, um, and uh, and it, they look great. So I messaged her and asked the recipe. So I've given them a go. They're very tasty. Oh I mean, wow, that's amazing. Very unhealthy as well, but but tasty is the main thing. Yeah, well, that is important. I don't think we're looking for a healthy cookie. No, 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 exactly. That's true. I have a carrot for wanting healthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's yeah. the point of a healthy cookie? Rubbish. Carrot cake, I think that's equally uh, healthy, isn't it? I think. Yes, and Jill Archer would approve, wouldn't she? Yes, indeed, yes. Oh, yes, very I, good. We've tied good, it into the good Archers. Link, yes. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of which. <laughs> speaking of which, let's talk about Monday's episode. Absolutely. We've got sort of different people now, haven't we? So we have mm. Kirsty for the first time. Mm, we have. I wasn't sure if we'd listen, if we'd hear her or not. I wasn't sure what they'd be doing with her storyline, but I'm, I've got to say I'm very glad to hear it. Um, so she's uh, she's having a walk in the in the sort of countryside doing a bit of bird watching, which I believe is something that a lot of us have sort of tried to do. It's not very, um, I've not been very successful at it living in central london um yeah <laughs> i've seen three different types of bird but uh <laughs> i think i think kirsty's seen quite a few interesting ones yeah i um i actually bought it was my mum's birthday recently and bought her a like a bird watching book but specifically for the bird song because i think she can always hear the birds but not necessarily see the birds so um, <laughs> so she was quite keen to identify what bird she was listening to so i bought her a book with a cd and you go through all the text <gasps> they said you know this is a skylark and this is a um, chaffinch or whatever. Um, 
and it plays the little plays the little bit of bird song. So I sent her a video earlier in the week, and in the background there were some birds singing, and she's replied saying, well, "That's a skylark in the background," <laughs> which I was, I was glad she was she was putting the book to use. So that's good. That's a magnificent gift. Mm. Yes, I don't know how long the bird watching passion will last for, but in, in lockdown, I think they've been they've been really enjoying it. <laughs> so, well, indeed. Uh, and Kirsty is certainly, I mean, she's, she's a pro. She's an expert, isn't she? We know she's an expert. Yes, indeed. Well, it's something that her and Philip have bonded over, mm. interestingly. And, of course, now she hasn't married Philip because of lockdown. Um, and David has told her, David Archer has told her that they can't have, they can't organise the sort of engagement party yet because he needs to prioritise actual wedding receptions over parties, not knowing, of course, that that party was indeed their wedding party because they were going to get married in secret yes i know it's sort of painfully ironic isn't it um for kirsty and for philip i mean i, I think kirsty's a little bit more you know well well you know it'll happen at some point you know it doesn't really matter if it's not now but it sounds like philip's sort of taken the news quite badly when she tells him mm. um and that he's just generally in a bit of a grump and obviously she doesn't really understand why and she sort of understands you know He's probably a bit stressed, and and he'll be a bit happier once all of the all of the stuff with Grey Gables has blown over. But the minute she mentions Roy, and oh, you know, Roy's feeling a lot better. He's uh, he's sort of in a grump again. So it's quite interesting because we, we sort of hear what's happening with Philip, but without actually hearing Philip. So he's obviously still talking to Gav a lot. She sort of says, oh, you know, he spoke to Gav less, so maybe he'd be in a better mood. And he's obviously mm. checking in with Gav a lot, and. And stuff he's on like, his phone a lot, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was interesting to hear from Kirsty to therefore then hear about what's happening with Philip a little bit as well. Yeah, and it's one of those things, isn't it, where we know more than she does. So when she tells a story, we're reading into that more than she is. We're hearing sort of the significance of things that she's saying. Oh, he's on his phone a lot. Oh, he's in a bad mood. He just wants all this investigation to be over. And you are like, yeah, of course, her, her opinion is, yeah, of course, he wants it all to be over. And we're thinking, we know exactly why he wants it all to be over. It's because he's committing serious crimes. If anyone is actually only just tuning in now and they need an update, Philip, it has been revealed, has been not paying his staff. So actually, they are slave labour. Mm, yes. And, and, and not treating them very well, really. Yeah, it sounds like he's got he's got gentlemen who haven't who have been homeless mm. sort of from the street vulnerable people and said oh come with me and I'll give you a job and a place to live and some food but he doesn't actually pay them properly so they can't ever be independent or do anything or leave because they become now dependent upon him yeah he's he's being horrible but he's being horrible very well he's doing it doing a good job of it isn't he he's sort of very mm. controlling he is doing it very well and so well that Kirsty is still super keen on marrying him. She's talking about, well, maybe we'll go elsewhere to get married or elsewhere for the party because I still want to marry him. Yeah. And then, oh gosh, did you? I, my heart sort of broke a little bit because she said, um, so maybe it's okay that the wedding is pushed back. She says, maybe putting the wedding back will turn out for the best. And mm. I thought, well, that's so sweet that you're being positive. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's a prediction that it will turn out for the best because if it's put back, then she's not accidentally, unwittingly married a crim. Mm, a criminal. Yeah, I know, absolutely. <laughs> and and, and I, my, sort of, my heart went a little bit as well when 
she was sort of talking about the fact, you know, it's a shame that they're having to be put off and, uh, you know, and then she mentions her own curse with weddings, in inverted commas, um, because oh. of what happened with Tom, which we heard about with one of the flashback episodes. And, and um, yeah, sort of thinks that maybe it's her fault that Philip's being difficult and, and, and moody and... Oh yeah, no, I, I did feel for her. It was, uh, oh, yeah. it's just it's just so awful, and it's quite interesting, you know. She's like, it's my fault, and obviously her relationship with Helen, and Helen's been in a a, a very abusive relationship before, mm. and actually there are sort of like little connections, you know, little similarities between. Well, this man might not be employing exactly the same tactics of an abusive relationship he's abusing her because he's not telling her the truth and he's allowing her to think things are her fault and he's he's not being honest with her and I would just I really feel for poor Kirsty I know my auntie Maggie will be listening and will be agreeing with us because she always feels for poor Kirsty oh. I always just get a text poor Kirsty <laughs> poor Kirsty capital <laughs> letters yeah um. <laughs> but elsewhere in the episode um I found it quite amusing George because Josh is doing a self-tape. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm glad you thought the same thing. So because he's suddenly he's thinking, oh, got to get the lighting right and I need the right angle and got to think about what's in the background. And we've been through this, haven't we? Um, mm. if you don't, so if you don't know what a self-tape is, actors, when if you can't go and do a, an audition in person for whatever reason, whether that's because the um, you live far away from where the casting director is based, or at the moment, obviously, there's a lot of it because we can't actually be with anybody else in the same room as anyone else um mm-hmm. if, you, if you can't be at an audition person you do what's called a self-tape so you you film yourself doing the scene um or you get somebody a, a willing volunteer to or even unwilling volunteer to help you uh film the self-tape and that sounds mm-hmm. exactly what uh, sounds exactly like what josh is doing here yeah absolutely it sort of really brought back uh well memories because i haven't even had enough of those i've got to tell you george um <laughs> Oh no! I had one the other day where um, I was. It was for a Ginster's pasty commercial. I think I, am I allowed to say nice. this? <laughs> no, I, I think it's fine. Oh yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't got the job, so it's fine. I haven't heard anything. Um, <laughs> but playing the role of a Cornish farmer, um, so I had to go and go and go to the park and film this uh, film this few scenes of me being a being a farmer. So uh, did you actually do it outside? Well, I did, yeah, mainly because Excellent. I was, um, my brother was helping me film it, uh, so we couldn't actually meet inside, so I went to go and go meet him in the park, and uh, and uh, yes, it was quite funny. I, I, it was great, because I used a bit of, bit of Archer's lingo in there, I was chatting about silage, because we just had to, we had to improvise a scene, so I just had to be, we improvise a, um, a, a kind of a conversation with another farmer, and I was asking more about his silage, and whether he'd got his silage in yet. Um, <laughs> and making sure it hadn't got wet and things like that. Um, so yeah, no, I was able to use a bit of a uh, bit of Archer's lingo in there. So Archer's and tea is really just improving your life in in so many different ways. So many ways, I'm sure. <laughs> much like the listeners, uh, it's improved mm. my life in many ways. <laughs> well, if you do get the job, I expect commission then. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll pass some of it your way. But yes, Josh, that's what Josh is doing. Yeah, Josh is making a film. And he says, you know, ostensibly to warn other people how not to end up handling stolen goods and being scammed like him. But clearly there's an ulterior motive that he'd actually quite like to shift his old gear because he's putting it in the background. Um, and Ben is absolutely onto that, isn't he? 
So we move quite quickly to him and he's complaining about Josh and the way that he's doing his video and he thinks he sees through Josh's motive and that he's got much better tips on how to do it. Just needs more than just a shave. Got lighting. The barn is too gloomy. He says he's not making... Um, the, he says the Dark Knight Rising. Rising. Like that, which is the Dark Knight Rises, isn't it? I couldn't quite work out whether that was deliberate. Or is that a oh, different... Is, is the Dark Knight Rising another film? Is that a different film? Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just such a pedantic little thing that I picked up on. Anyway, but, <laughs> but Ben is busy. He is busy. <laughs> He's busy like a bee. He's a busy bee. He's a busy bee. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed the bee theme throughout this week. So much room for a pun. Yeah, it's been fabulous, hasn't it? And Really good. And that's all. <laughs> the bee storyline is all thanks to the fact that Ben was looking after bees. Now, I'm not an expert on beekeeping. And that might surprise you. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff here that I didn't really follow exactly what was going on. He had to clean his gloves to start with in the soda bucket. Right. Don't know. Is that what, like bicarbonate of soda? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's quite a good cleaning thing. And I think it does, it uses, a, it's a quite an antiseptic thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. That Not makes like just sense. a bucket of soda water. Well, oh, and maybe. <laughs> no, I think you're probably right. Okay, I don't know. If there are any beekeeping experts listening, um, you know way more than us. So please let us know what we're talking about. But we're just going to kind of make up stuff that we think we know about beekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That is generally how we we proceed, isn't it? Um, because there's also the super. And he talks about we need to get the super. And, and I, I, he goes, making extra room on the hive. He thinks he yeah. should have done it earlier because it's crowded. So the super, have you ever seen beekeepers when they, it's like a box, isn't it? And then they pull mm. out like a, a board out of the... Like a tray. Sort yeah, of thing. sort of thing. Yeah, it's like vertically, they sort of pull it out and it's covered with the honeycomb and the honey and then they sort of scrape the honey off of that. That, I believe, from a little bit of Googling, is the super. So presumably, if the bees want to make honey on a honeycomb, they need a super to be, uh, you know, something to base that honeycomb on. So that's where right. so they would need an extra super to be able to kind of spread out. But if they if it's all filled up, um, then presumably they're going to go elsewhere, look elsewhere. Right. They're going to move on because they need more space. I see, which makes a lot of sense um, because he's not brought a super over because he's been preoccupied. Uh, he mm. says with school stuff, but it sounds like mainly texting Chloe. And then yes. he says he's going to get the smoker, the smoker. Mm. Now I'm going. I've got this on um, Wikipedia. I'm not going to pretend that I know. Uh, smoke is the beekeeper's third line of defence. Third. Ooh. I imagine it's protective clothing and um, other things are the first and second line. <laughs> um, and it's a device you designed to generate smoke from the incomplete combustion of various fuels. Oh, fuels! And the smoke calms the bees. Ah, uh, it makes them drowsy. Is that right? Initiates a feeding response in anticipation. <laughs> I can't speak. It initiates a feeding response in at and goodness me, George, I cannot say anticipation. Right, let's go for another take. Anticipate that I cannot say it. <laughs> Self take. <clears throat> take three. Smoke calms the bees. It initiates a feeding response in anticipation of possible hive abandonment due to fire. Smoke also masks 
alarm pheromones released by guard bees or when bees are squashed in an inspection. The ensuing confusion creates an opportunity for the beekeeper to open the hive and work without triggering a defence reaction. Uh-huh. In addition, when a bee consumes honey, the bee's abdomen descends, supposedly making it difficult to make the necessary flexes to sting, though this has not been tested scientifically. Sci- oh, goodness. <laughs> I was doing so well. <laughs> scientifically. Scientifically. Is that, oh my God, I can't speak anymore. You're, no, you're doing your words very well. You're doing your words very doing well. all my words. Um, so there you go. That's what smoke does. That makes sense. That makes mm. sense. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I feel ready to go out and tackle beekeeping. Um, all you need is some smoke and a super. And make sure you clean your gloves in a soda bucket. Yeah, done. Um, but, but, but he sort of let the bees out. The bees are out, aren't they? They're sort of doing something. And he's sort of meant to be keeping an eye on them. Mm. Or, is that right? And they've started. He's worried that they're swarming. Because um, well, oh, Chloe <laughs> rings. I don't really yeah, know what so we're talking about, do we? Chloe rings, and he gets mm. his breakfast. Mm. Because Chloe's saying that Ben can cook for him uh, when they're allowed to meet each other, but then he realizes he's lost the bees because clearly they have done the swarming, which I assume swarming is what they do when they go off as a gang, mm. uh, like the von Trapp family. Or something <laughs> to find a new home. Mm. They like, go in a in a big old group. Yeah. Um, and it's I love earlier he describes that he he doesn't mind helping Jill out. He quite likes it. But and it, what is it? Pip and Josh think that he can get anything from Jill. Mm. But actually, it's the other way around. Jill can get anything from Ben by using baking. Yes. <laughs> you can. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's smart. Jill knows her way around a grand's grandchild oh i know i think she'd have me like that if it, if there was sort of pudding and cake mm. in in the mix i'd be i'd be all over that yeah she, I, i'd go smoking some bees for, for <laughs> cake. <laughs> um but i think he's just been quite sweet we've heard earlier in you know from inner thoughts from ben that he is very he's sweet he's a sweet lad and though he probably wants to be a bit cooler than he is i think i think he's, mm. at, at heart he's a softy um, Indeed, you know, helping Jill with her with her books and her bees, um, her books and her bees. But then these bees go swarming, and he's like, "Oh no, I've got to bring them back." And I was just like, "Surely, if a gang of bees wants to go, <laughs> they're that's gone. it. You're not going to get them back." Little did we know <laughs> the, know. the 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 manhunt or the bee hunt that was going to happen. <laughs> Throughout the whole week's episodes. It's great. <laughs> well, indeed. Well, that brings us on to Tuesday's episode, actually, because we're back with Susan, which was excellent. Obviously, love Susan. And she's using her radio slot to put a shout out for the missing bees. And I was like, what do you do about that? Like, people can't just sort of catch them. It's not like a missing dog. <laughs> I imagine a, I imagine a sort of swarm of bees like mist. You know, you can't you can't grab a swarm of bees. What do you get them in a net? I've got, uh, yeah, like, so, yeah, well, that, like a butterfly catcher type thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What do you do? Well, this is it. We sort of learn later, don't we? But I was, it was definitely keeping me extremely entertained, this storyline throughout the week, because I was yes. so fascinated. And I sort of purposefully didn't look it up so that I could keep the uh, the anticipation, in in fact. Well, yeah, and I it was just sort of, I was kind of spotting out for little hints as to where they were going to end up, because um, we go on to Kirsty and she's talking about... Um, her the front garden, and she wants to kind of do a uh, do wildflowers in the front garden. She 
uh, picks out some, she mentions a buddleia, I think, and, and, mm. and a passaway comment that's something like, oh, you know, bees really like those or something. I thought, oh, God, are the bees going to come for, um, for, for the a buddleia? Joy's buddleia. A joy's buddleia, exactly. Um, yes. <laughs> I was yes, thinking, that's yeah. a good point. It, I mean, it didn't happen, but I, I was kind of keeping, like, where are they going to end up? Um, but yes, yeah, so we ended up with, with Kirsty and they've sort of had a, she's had a bit of a disagreement with Philip about what to do with the front garden, which hmm. I actually, I don't know whether you remember back to when they were sort of starting living together, the back garden and them doing the back garden together was one of their kind of really team things that they were doing together. It was quite sweet. Hmm. And now they're having a bit of a, bit of a, not, I don't think they're fallen out, but just a bit of a disagreement now about the front garden, um, which I thought was a little bit of a, hint that i don't know there's something all is not well yeah yeah like i say i don't they've fallen out no but it is interesting because i think you know when they were first moving into that house you know everything was pretty rosy it was almost sort of idyllic and and philip was very much like oh yes kirsty everything you want anything you want because she was mm. saying she wanted to make quite a nice wildflower garden that's really good for the for the flora and fauna you know all yeah bugs bugs and stuff um and now he's suggesting uh, a more traditional front garden with uh, a border plants and everything. And you do wonder, you're like, oh, yeah, there was a, maybe there was a big facade just this whole time. Mm. That he was really like uh. pretending for a really long time. And actually now a bit of truth is coming out. I don't know. Or is it just a sign of him? I mean, you could look into the psychology of what you want to do with mm. your garden and what that means about your psyche. But maybe he wants more order. Because he needs to control things, whereas a wildflower, you know, you can't control. Oh, very good, very good. I don't, I don't think that's what's happening, <laughs> but, but I think it's fun it to read into it. Wouldn't it be great if it was? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! And then, well, you do get reminded, don't you? Because I love these relationships in in Ambridge and the Archers, where they're relationships that aren't necessarily family, and close friends so you've got things like Kate and Linda are a partnership that you sort of forget are, are a duo until they get together and actually yeah. they're, they're not related but they're just really close they get on and actually Kirsty and Jill are another pair of those because they've really bonded over bees and wildlife before haven't they yeah absolutely mm. it's, it's quite yeah nice yeah like you say one of those extra extra, extra connections you sometimes forget about mm. but we get back to Susan yes yeah well Susan meanwhile is kind of is worried about her um numbers of people calling in i think they've sort of they've dropped off somewhat since she first took mm. over they're getting less less phone calls um so she's sort of trying to trying to drum up um you know people people phoning in mm -mm. because they do play music but it's not just that so mm. uh yeah she wants a bit more and they she comes up with uh well i loved this because she's like i feel like everybody is sort of holding off from ringing in so that I'll eventually let something slip about my life again. <laughs> she seems to kind of have to keep reminding herself that the, you know, it's not all about me. You know, this is about the people, the people out there. <laughs> As the, I, don't know, I don't know whether that, whether she's just trying to remind herself. Don't tell you. Don't talk about anything personal again. For goodness' sake, Neil. <laughs> Neil won't forgive you the second time. Um, <laughs> Well, that's it. And I, I love the idea of the, 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 the listeners being one collective sort of personality that's like, just wait. Don't say anything. <laughs> She'll start talking about her sex life again. <laughs> so she comes up with the name Speaking with Susan. 
um, and wants to come up with more ideas that could be controversial, like oh, downsizing or or bad business ideas, which are connected to other people in the village. Yes. And then she, uh, I thought she made it's funny. She makes a statement. She goes, "It's harder than it looks." This broadcasting lark, and I just wondered if that was her speaking or just you know the mm. writers and producers of the oh. arches. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little. I think there has been, I don't know, there's been quite a few kind of negative, uh, you know, negative comments and feedback about these episodes at the moment um, mm. from regular, regular Archers listeners. I don't think all Archers listeners, I think some are, some are really enjoying them. Um, yeah. I saw an exchange the other day, um, actually with Philip Pullman uh, on Twitter. I don't know if you follow Philip Pullman on Twitter. I love Philip Pullman. And he was, uh, he was, he was uh, saying how much he enjoys Tracy as a character. I don't know if you saw that. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should tweet him. <laughs> I should be like, I'm like you, Philip. Let's get him listening in. Um, oh, but yeah, so I wonder whether you know they've they've been getting a little bit of flack for um, for the writing. So yes, uh, a little hint from the writers would be would be quite funny. Yeah, it's actually quite difficult, you know. Yes, yeah. I think um, I think it, they have. I, I know lots of people who've been listening for lots many many years are finding it really difficult because it's obviously not what you're used to and. I know lots of people don't like the idea of, of a lot of um, self-reflection and things. But honestly, I think it's one of those things where you don't know how difficult something is until you start to do it. Yeah. And I honestly, I've got to say, even, you know, making this podcast, which is an absolute dream and I absolutely love doing it. When I, when I first came up with the idea with you, I was like, oh, that'll be really easy. And then I learned that there were some, there was so much more to it. And this is a really simple chatting one recording podcast I've done a couple of radio jobs before the amount of work that goes into it is phenomenal for what you actually get what 10 minutes of of product at the end of it Mm. people work so hard actors work so hard producers and then also I imagine the archers can't you know the BBC can't be seen to be putting anyone at risk by getting people in a room together particularly as you consider maybe the age of some of the characters in the archers so the fact that they've they've got this really good quality recordings from people from their own home is really impressive. It I just think maybe people don't know mm. quite how hard it is to make a radio program or a TV program. I think when you don't know anything, you think it's easy, and then when you start to scratch the surface, you realise how much goes into a program. Yeah, um, absolutely. But also, I really enjoy the slightly deeper. I think someone else said that too. The another famous person was saying. Uh, it's really nice to hear deeper reflections from characters that wouldn't normally outwardly be reflective because we only hear them when they're presenting themselves to other people. But isn't it nice to hear Tracy? Well, we'll get to that. Well, you know, Tracy yeah. being a bit more vulnerable or something. Yeah. And Helen as well, like, you know, hearing early, in one of the early mm. weeks, hearing, you know, how much she is still affected by the experience you went through with Rob. You wouldn't necessarily mm. get to see that on the outside without it becoming... Mm you know, a derivative. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know whether that's the right use of derivative. I've just thrown that in there. <laughs> it sounded so clever. I, know, I was like, ooh, derivative. I know, I know, didn't it just? <laughs> and it, I don't, I'm, I've got no idea. I will have to, I'm have to check with my, um, my uh, English graduate wife to, uh, to find out whether, that, <laughs> what yeah. that actually means. Um, but yes, no, it's, uh, <laughs> Moving, moving swiftly on. Um, no, moving I think, swiftly I think, on. I think you're, you're, you're right. It's, it's kind of, I think it is a tough job. I mean, I think you have given away that 
we don't put hours and hours of preparation, meticulous planning into these episodes. I was sort of <laughs> hoping that we gave the impression that, you know, this is all, you know, meticulously planned and, you know, scripted and, <laughs> and it's not just us kind of getting together for a chat. But maybe, no, no. <laughs> I no you see, this is the charm. Obvious. It's a... It's rough and ready. <laughs> rough it's, and ready is the word. It's us as people just having a little Absolutely. chat, but even yeah, yeah, even yeah. that requires more work. Things like the quality of sound production, I think. Anyway, yes. you're right. You, you mentioned Helen as well. Mm, so we hear yes. from Helen again in this episode, and it's her that's ringing Kirsty. And um, she's sympathising with Kirsty, and she's not very impressed with Philip. Mm. She does manage to drop in that Bridge Farm is doing well, so that was a nice yeah. sort of... Uh, we get to hear about that because we'd heard that about Bridge Farming a couple of weeks ago. Mm. She also mentions Gavin. She's not a fan of Gavin. Neither are we, Helen. Don't worry. Mm. Um, and it reminds us that that Helen actually wasn't convinced when Kirsty and Philip first got together. I no. forgot that, but she wasn't, was she? Mm. Well, he's he's a bit older, isn't he? And mm. um, yes, I think. Well, I think how how long was it after she and rob and all of that i don't know yes i think she she wasn't in a particularly good place with in terms of forming relationships herself so i think it was also very protective of kirsty and also um i think do you remember when kirsty and philip first encountered each other it was a negative thing at a council meeting that's right yes yeah they sort of had a they came to blows but it was sort of a sexy sexy thing where like you know you've got mail kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) um but you know less cool and um and uh so Helen comes up with an idea to sort of distract Kirsty. She comes, she needs, it's got to be bold, it's got to be fun. And then we go to Kirsty and we find out that it's a virtual hen night. Yes, which is, which is, I think that depends on how much people get into it as to how fun that would be. I can imagine, <laughs> I don't know, is that, <laughs> there's something about that that sounds slightly, I don't know, awkward, but actually, if everyone just goes in for it and you know, has a drink on their own and and uh, and goes into dares and things, then uh, then I think it'd be great fun. But we shall find out how yeah. it goes later in the week. Indeed. But yes, I think it's a strong idea from Helen, and uh, and we'll you'll see how it goes. Yeah, and so we uh, we start Wednesday's episode again with Susan. Um, I have a lot of sympathy with her today because I haven't been able to say many a long word. I didn't to say. You're now going to have to keep, you're, gonna have to, you're not going to be able to edit out everything oh, yeah. from earlier on now. You're going to have to keep it in because you've now referred to it. <laughs> oh, George, damn it. You've dropped I didn't realise. <laughs> um, well, indeed, I have. And I do sympathise with her because she's trying to say the word serendipitously. Perfect. Which, <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. But you know what I, I really noticed, you know, I've done a lot of comedy shows, I've have you as have you, George. Mm-hmm. And um this is a great setup for a joke. When you hear someone practicing something over and over and over again to get it right, and then the moment will come later where they just immediately get it wrong. And I um I enjoyed that. I was like, ah, a good gag is coming. Yeah, I'm aware. Absolutely. <laughs> and apparently the bees have helped sort of encourage and uh grow the number of calls coming in for Susan. In my mind, the bees have just been sort of moving around Ambridge and around the town and everyone sort of like chasing after them and spotting them and ringing in and then they move on. And, <laughs> and ben, Ben's sort of following them around and he's always about two steps behind and he's like, oh, they've gone. <laughs> you know, some sort of like 1950s cop thing, <laughs> detective thing. Yeah, that's Catch excellent. If you can. Um, 
Yes. Catch if you can with Ben and Bees. That is just that's excellent. <laughs> I would sing the theme, the uh, uh, sound music, the soundtrack now, but I don't know. I can't remember what it is. Do, 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 something like that, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, what Catch Me If You Can? I can't remember. Anyway. I thought you were about to do the Pink Panther. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> anyway, we, we mentioned her earlier and now we have her. A bit of Tracy. Philip Pullman is a fan. Um, and it's a different side to her. This is the point. We get something we wouldn't maybe normally get because she's quite, um, presents quite a strong, happy front. And she's actually a bit nervous, a bit anxious as she prepares for an online video call with Roman's parents. Mm. We hear a little bit about them. The mum's a drama teacher or was been a drama teacher. Yeah, she's just a bit nervous, isn't she? And she thinks mm. back to a time that something went wrong with uh, some boyfriend's parents. We don't know mm. what it is, but she's just like, um, oh, it can't be as bad as that time. Um, mm. I just thought, oh, we're going to hear about this. This is going to come <laughs> up in some way. <laughs> I love the build of this. <laughs> well, I, I was like, what a weird bit of writing. That <laughs> they're just sort of half mentioning a thing and they're not going into it. I was a bit like, well, why won't they tell us the story? And then, of course, I realised later. Um, mm. But I, yeah, I thought how bizarre. But she does. She she mentions a little story. Um, now also, now this is I didn't write this in the notes, but I just thought of it. She, I started making some strange connections because she said, "Oh, Roman's mum wasn't she? She was a drama teacher or a cake decorator." And I thought, is Roman's mum Justine Elliot? <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> From last week. <laughs> Either that or just the writers are feeling unimaginative with their career paths. <laughs> There's only a certain number of jobs you can do in the world and cake decorator is one of them. It's like you could be a teacher, a doctor or a cake decorator. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know which one I prefer to be, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Cake um, decorating all the way. Um, and she sort of it covers the perils of the Skype and Zoom meeting. You know, what do I wear? How do I make sure the background isn't embarrassing and I don't have washing hanging up or stopping the cat sort of walking across the screen? Mm. Something we can all relate to, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, picking your background, very important. Mm. We'll see how she gets on. Well, we probably won't see, but we'll probably hear at this point. <laughs> and now we move on to Susan, who is on the radio and she's still trying to encourage people to ring in. Uh, she has to remind them about the clear guidelines about what can be revealed and talked about. And I think you're right, George. Is she reminding them or is she reminding herself? Yes, well, she's been reminded, I think, by her producer, hasn't she? <laughs> Who's obviously <laughs> yeah. a bit nervous. Um, <laughs> doesn't want any kind of chat. Um, and, and there's a little bit of a disagreement as to what um, what it's going to be called. Um, because he wants to call it Susie's chat room because <laughs> he's obviously trying to make it make it cool and hip so it's Susie's chat room <laughs> I think that sounds vaguely illicit to be honest <laughs> yes yes I think you're right <laughs> yes don't I think put... that sends a different kind of message <laughs> I don't know why um but I'm with Susan on this one I don't know about you George but I think she's got to be herself she's got to be authentic yeah Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I like to think we are on this <laughs> painfully so. Um, so I, I'm with Susan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. She's not a Susie, is she? Not um, a Susie. Susie's a lovely name, but it's not her name. And then we're, we're back to back to um, back to Tracy out in the mm. sun. Out in the sun. Um, 
I've, and I found it quite, so I, why I found something quite, quite interesting here is that she talks about her, now, uh, kids Brad and what's her daughter called? Chelsea? Chelsea, yeah, Brad and Chelsea. And she mentions the fact that Chelsea is a wannabe influencer. Um, mm. Which is, which I've got, I was like, is that a kind of, has that become a kind of dream career path? You know, in, in the same way that when, when you're a kid, you maybe want to be uh, a f- famous footballer or you want to be a film star or something like that. Is influencer a thing that kids want to be now? Because, you know, they, I guess they watch them in YouTube videos and they, you know, they are massive celebrities. Like you get these influencers who, who will sell out the O2 arena because they've got so many kids have watched their youtube videos uh, for so many years and want to want to go watch them live i wonder mm. whether that is you know one of these dream dream jobs that people would love to do um yeah i think it's become a thing now definitely yeah it's remarkable it's i, I listened to a couple of desert island discs with with uh influencers i think is that have they been on yeah i think that's right um and it's quite interesting how they go about this sort of thing but it's the sort of thing where I think they have to. You have to have started doing it years and years ago before it was a thing for you to now be massive with it mm. and have built. Yeah, a following. I think it's quite hard now to build up a following. Yeah, you have to have kind of a hook or or mm. some sort of thing that makes you a bit different. Um, because yeah, it becomes uh, it pays eventually, and it is an absolutely it's a proper job that lots of people have. Also, you get influencer and YouTuber, two different things. The Louis Theroux's done an interview with a, a YouTuber. Which uh, I've got. To, I'm revealing my age now. Like I was like, what? I don't really understand what that is. So it's quite good to listen to. Um, but his whole thing was a completely different thing. Like you make up songs and you you have online beef with other people and do a diss track, which is where you come up with a, a track the way you diss and insult the other person loads. Um, but then you've also got an influencer who maybe um, gives makeup tips or hair tips. Uh, or, okay. or food tips you know cooking or, or something like that um and it is fascinating and I think you're right I think it's become a proper job certainly the kind of thing when I was at school probably the equivalent was a reality tv star yeah you know yeah, yeah, brother yeah, yeah where I guess. we would go really you want to do that but actually lots of people did mm, yeah and it's and I and I think to be well, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about the art of either YouTubing or or influencing, um, if that is the verb. Um, but there, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. I think you have to put a lot of thought into it, and uh, mm. you know, um, in a way that might be slightly different to reality TV. I think. Yeah, I think there's far more lot of legitimacy with an influencer than mm. just going on Big Brother. Definitely, like I'm looking at it now, going, "Wow!" Like the, Zoella was a massive thing, wasn't she? She, yeah. she, she was a massive thing. How rude! She is a massive success, mm. and she is an influencer. And I think she works extremely hard. You know, mm. coming up with her videos and being coming up with the script and 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 doing all the kind of trials and things she does mm. with makeup. But she also then used it to discuss mental health um, on her platform, which I thought was really cool. Mm. Yeah. Very good point, George. Mm. Anyway, I, so, so something I just picked out from 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 what Tracy was saying in the garden in the sunshine. Oh yes, gosh, we've gone on, haven't we? Um, so I'm having a great time today. By the way, this is a really <laughs> fun episode. Um, yeah, I mean, she does say that um, that she, it doesn't matter if you want to be a, a, a good in, what was it a, a um, wannabe influencer. You can't chuck your brother's trainers in the bog. Yes. <laughs> it was a nice bit of grounding from Tracy there. I appreciate that. Um, 
And also Brad, <laughs> I really enjoyed this image. Brad in the video call kept going behind Tracy, clutching his stomach, saying, she doesn't feed me, she doesn't <laughs> feed me. <laughs> and luckily, they, Roman's parents have got a sense of humour. So uh, Yes, <laughs> so. exactly. It sounds like it all went quite well. I think so, Tracy. yeah. Yeah, and she's sort of thinking about how much she misses him. And yeah, it's sounding kind of really positive. I think it's fab. Mm. But now this is the next bit where I was like, great. They mention the fact that she they always listen to Susan's radio programme. And this yeah. is the next step where I thought, aha, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's, I love it when the archers do these little builds where you we know we know more than the characters and you just see it coming from a mile off but, but enjoy watching it come along uh from a mile off it's great um so yeah so she she sort of um she's we kind of go back to susan and mm. um and people aren't really talking about they're not really phoning in necessarily about the kind of the uh, disappointing dates but she mentioned she then tells this story of somebody she's related to, or just someone she knows. Um, mm. She correct herself. And now, what's the story exactly? They were watching a film. So she goes to her new boyfriend's house to meet the parents for the first time, mm. and it's all going well. And they decide to put on a home video of a holiday to Menorca or something. So they turn out the lights, but after the lights had been dimmed. Her boyfriend and her and his father switch places unbeknownst to this person. And then while the lights are dimmed, this person makes a go for her boyfriend's thigh. <laughs> yes. But accidentally, well, accidentally grabs her the dad's thigh mm. instead. Sounds like it's quite upper thigh as well, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, it was quite an insinuation, wasn't there? Yes. It was like, ah, I see. <laughs> and then, of course, Susan managed to let slip that it was her sister. Uh, so it yes. was Tracy. And, of course, we know that Roman's parents are listening in. Um, so Tracy's going to be mortified. Um, we, we, the next thing we hear is that Tracy's been cut off uh, from her phone call because she's phoned in and started swearing at Susan. <laughs> Um, and is kind of, yeah, mortified that uh, Roman's parents have hurt. I think, though, that um, if Roman's parents have got a sense of humour, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's not, it's obviously an embarrassing story for, for Tracy. She's very embarrassed, but it's not, it's it's funny more than kind of... Oh, gosh, it's not the end of the world. No, it's not, it's not. She can't quite see it at the moment. Um, but I think I think it will probably end up being something they'll bond over in, in future when Tracy can look back and laugh on it. Yeah, in fact, in fact, it might have been worse. The, the, the worst thing about this entire thing might have been the swearing for them. So I think... Mm. I think, yeah, she needn't have worried so much. Uh, but now, of course, she's out for revenge, Tracy style. Yes, and she starts posting stuff online. Is that right? Well, she talks about a secret that she's going to reveal, which was a total secret to me, that um, that Neil always fancied Shula. Which is a nicely random one, isn't it? Now, where... <laughs> it must be a thing. Maybe, yeah. maybe listeners who've been listening for a while know this. Mm. Um, but apparently he's always fancied her, always wanted to get into her jodpers. <laughs> and then uh, and then the bees arrive <laughs> yes yes in the garden it's so funny you sort of hear them coming and it's like oh god oh god the you know the 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 goo from the black lagoon is coming and it's like a bee movie where are they gonna strike next <laughs> <laughs> a bee movie i know a bee and, she, movie. 
a B movie, mate. I did that on purpose. I thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah and they start, well, we think it sounds like they're attacking her. And it sort of yeah. ends on her screaming in the garden. <laughs> it was excellent. From so we're moving on to Thursday's episode. Mm. One of the first, one of the first things we hear from Ben. Um, well, he so he's having he's, he's still obviously struggling to find the bees. Um, a fair brother brothers are taking the mick out of him <laughs> every time. <laughs> every time they see him, which is great, and he's kind of gets like I predicted. He's sort of kind of getting running all over Ambridge because he keeps getting called um, because he put his number out on Susan's radio show. So Barry. Yeah. Barry apparently every time he sees a bee will just ring <laughs> any bee whether it's a swarm or not will just ring Ben and Ben goes charging off across Ambridge <laughs> but he also went round to Tracy's garden Tracy in her bikini um, and him in his bee suit and uh, and and Chelsea taking taking a video of it to put on Instagram <laughs> which I think will firstly do Chelsea a load of favours in her in her quest to become an influencer, because I think that was a hilarious video. Um, but ben, <laughs> ben is very embarrassed about what's happened. <laughs> well, I know, is that it's all over the internet now. Um, and, of course, Jill is upset with him as well because he's lost these bees. But yeah. he is still just focused on Chloe and making dinner. Yeah. We sort of hear that um, Josh mentions that he's been cooking... He's cooked Thai food the day before, and he's very eager um, that that Ben is not allowed to be cooking anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And he 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 he, he drops a little comment about the fact that he got his cooking genes from 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 their mum, which is obviously that's come from that thing that you we picked out um, a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Where Ruth Ruth is renowned for her lack of cooking skills. Um, so exactly, yeah, ben, yeah. ben has not done a very good job on his. Uh, cashew curry or whatever it was i don't know but he wants to try again yeah peanut and pork peanut and pork ah well done he's keen to give it another go and he's on to um a chicken thai curry but he's also he's also said to ben oh i'm doing it for you because of your trip to thailand and and uh and i'm making it up to jill but neither josh nor pip i think believes him um but before we move on to that in the middle, we get a little taster of Kirsty and her virtual hen night. Uh, Pat has a wok on her head and is using the nozzle of the hoover um, as, a, as a trunk. And I think she's acting out that she's an elephant. But then the, the screen freezes, which I would pay to see. <laughs> the screen <laughs> freezing on, on Pat in that predicament. Um, she also manages to have a 70s disco with Roy and Phoebe and plays charades with Fallon. And then that starts to judder. So Harrison takes over and apparently that's really funny. And her final sort of big dare is from Tracy saying she has to prank call someone. Dun, dun, dun. Well, yeah, it sounds really, it sounds like it has turned out like a brilliant hen night. My fears of a kind of mm. awkward uh, virtual hen night have, uh, have gone away. Um, mm. I was going to, I was going to use, try and use a clever word again there and, I Abated? lost confidence with it. I'm going to say assuaged. <laughs> assuaged? Is yes, that, no, is I like that. that I love that word. It is a word, and you might assuage guilt. Yes, yes, okay. Yes, yeah, so, assuage so... is guilt. So I think assuaging a fear is also possible. Okay, I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm making I'm gonna... this up too, to be honest. Who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> always learning. Always, it's always good to be always learning. Always learning. 
Yes, yeah, it, it looks like they're having a, she's having a great time. And these kind of these individual little sessions of, of hen night, they're all kind of lined up. She's got like a schedule she's got to stick to. Um, I think it's bad. I think it sounds like they're having a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like it works quite well as well because they're not trying to do everyone all at once. I've had a couple of wonderful, you know, there's been really fun doing quizzes and games with a big group of people. But it can be a little bit overbearing because not everybody can you can't speak at the same time because then everyone cuts out and some people end up just sitting there being silent, which is absolutely fine and maybe lovely for them. But you kind of don't get to talk to people. Whereas if you can kind of go, right, I've got 10 minutes with you and 10 minutes with you, 10 Mm. minutes with you, then you can maybe get you, maybe you get a little bit more quality time with people. I think maybe that's been part of the reason it's, it's been such a success. But then before we reach the, the prank call, because I think that cannot end the episode. um, Mm. Ben, has been speaking on the phone to Chloe. And I think this is quite sweet. So he's worrying that he's going on a lot about his little boring life. And he wonders if that's okay, considering the fact that Chloe is a doctor and she's busy and she's in a hospital working in the NHS during all of this. And um, and he worries, doesn't he, that that's maybe like it's inappropriate that he's talking or he's boring her. But actually it does sound like Chloe's welcoming these conversations as a as a distraction and something yeah. lighthearted. Yeah, well, I think Josh sort of is wondering what on earth does she see in Ben? <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's, obviously, that's obviously partly from an older brother standpoint um, where, you know, you think, oh, why would you want anything to do with my little brother? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but actually, I think that, I don't know, a bit of normality of, of Ben talking about his life. And, and actually, you know, what's more different to being a doctor than, chasing bees around your village like <laughs> it does sound you know perfect escapism um mm. and it may well be that you know the other boys and men in her life will just talk about you know our doctors and you know and just mm. want to talk about being in hospital or, or just want to ask her about being in hospital and, and actually ben um ben is providing yeah like you say perfect distraction um mm. she seems to be enjoying it she's still calling she him does. stuff so yeah. Yeah. Although Josh does say that he thinks that this whole cooking thing is not very authentic, um, and he should be keeping things real. That's what women want, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Do they, Josh? You know, do you?" Josh um, knows. <laughs> Josh knows. And then he gets a text about, or or a message or something about a buyer for his baler, and so he rushes over to the baler, and then we hear from Ben that he was surprised by an angry swarm of honeybees. Oh, where on earth did they come from? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. We found the bees. Well, Josh has found the bees. Um, they found him. They, yes, they found him. Um, and they've not, he doesn't get badly stung. I think he gets stung a couple of times, so that's not too mm. bad. Um, but again, it's one of these stories that Ben relays to, to Chloe and she really enjoys it. Um, and it actually, yeah. it means that Ben has found the bees Josh lets him know, he charges over, he gets the queen and a couple of scouts, which of course, from our expert knowledge of beekeeping, we know mm. the bees follow the queen and the scouts, possibly? Yes, I think how you, so. How you pick out which the scouts are, but no idea. And again, how you catch them, don't know. Well, I think he used the smoke on that one to make them a bit drowsy. Oh, okay. So this... Ah, the scout bees are a smaller group of bees that hang together and they scout for a new place for the swarm to move to. 
So you can tell a scout bee because it looks like they're checking out a broad area, flying around or scouting. So if yes, if you've got the queen in a couple of scouts, then everyone will follow those. That's got you. Ah, very good. Mm -hmm. It's an an art form, isn't it? Sounds like it really is. It's wonderful. And then and then it's helpful for Ben because he gives up on the food or at least making the food. and, And he says, Josh might be right. You know, I've got nothing to prove. She can take me or leave me. Preferably take me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben. These archer boys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. But he sort of says, you know, maybe she did only just say bring some food. So I think maybe he has got a little bit overexcited and, and possibly better off picking up a couple of pizzas up um, and, uh, and exactly. avoid avoid giving her food poisoning or anything. He's probably wise. <laughs> probably um, wise. But we finish with Kirsty. So she's had a wonderful time. Mm. Uh, Linda's been involved. Jill as well, we hear, fantastic. which sounds fantastic. Um, but the prank call has backfired. So when she was talking, I think it was before the Ben stuff and the bees, she said, oh, I've got to get a prank call. And she said, oh, I think Philip's left his phone on charge. And I thought, yes, oh, okay. I know. I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's going to happen. Mm. I know, I didn't know quite how, but I was like, this is it, this is it. But then I always thought, can they do it in one of these episodes? I don't know. Mm, Maybe they're saving uh, the big reveals for when when they can do a bit more of the normal Mm, recording. But she calls the last caller, Philip's last caller, which was Kenzie. Kenzie is one of the, inverted commas, horses. In (gasps) other words, the slaves that Philip has got, got stashed away somewhere. So she ends up calling him. Yeah, so I was like, is Kenzie one of those gents? But he is, he is. He's one of those enslaved people. Uh, and he calls him and Kenzie is um, confused and drowsy, potentially, you know, she thinks it's a bit crazy that he was in bed before midnight, which I do not because right now I'm <laughs> fighting not to fall asleep at 9pm. Um, but nothing really comes of, uh, comes of it. So it was close, basically, but classic philip turns it around he's annoyed at first and she finds that you know slightly confusing mm. but he turns it around he oh yeah i'll agree to spend less time on my phone i'm gonna relax it's gonna be fine and she's like oh this is brilliant it's worked out for the best you know and i love him to bits and i still want to get married to him and i thought oh poor kirsty yeah yes it didn't didn't quite happen it could have might have done but it didn't um but hopefully still hope still hope that you know given the delayed wedding um, she will find out and uh, avoid, well, we think, making a bit of a mistake. Yeah. Not that she knows it. I mean, wouldn't it be hilarious if actually we're all wrong and as soon as she finds out about it all, she's like, oh, great. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Nefarious uh, goings on. That would be awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I doubt it somehow. I think Kirsty's a very principled woman, isn't she? Yeah. So I think she, she won't be okay about it when she finds out. <laughs> Oh no, good, good, yeah, interesting thought. Yeah. And that was the week's episode. It was, and it was really fun. Possibly too much fun, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to next week's episodes. I yes. uh, I wonder what characters, which characters we'll see and hear from. Mm, indeed, exciting. indeed. Um, well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Lovely to have you with us again. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, relax, get a cup of tea, get a biscuit, and look after yourselves. Yes. Thank you, George. Uh, thank you, Charlie. Bye. Bye. Bye.